all by himself is Jehovah Jireh, is the one and only God, the one who was with and who is to come. Give him thanks this evening and exalt him. It is not about you tonight, it's about him, it's about Jesus, he is God all by himself. Give him thanks all over this place. Lift up your voice, all you people, and give him thanks this evening. Exalt his holy name. He is God all by himself. There is none beside him. There is none compared to him. There is none that is like him. There is no king like him. There is no president like him. There is nobody that we can compare to our God. So I want you to return all the glory to him this evening. Say, Father, I return all glory to you. You are God all by yourself. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. I exalt you, my Father. I exalt you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Exalt him. Magnify his holy name. That is what we have come to do tonight. Nothing else. We've been praying for the past 21 days. It's time to return all glory unto him. It's time to give him thanks. It's time to give him thanks. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The compassionate father. The merciful father. The faithful father. He is God all by himself. There is none compared to him. He's the one that died for you. Is the one that died for you. Is your friend, your father, your maker. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Sing a new song unto him this evening. Sing a new song unto him this evening. It's worthy of our praise. It's worthy of our praise. Thank him. Thank him. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about the things that he has not done. It's about him. Giving him glory. Giving him praise. Giving him adoration. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for who you are, not the things that we have done. Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise, Lord. I exalt you, Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give him thanks. Show your heart of gratitude to him. Show him that you are grateful. Show him that you are grateful to him for the gift of life. For the gift of life. Say thank you, Jesus. I have come to give you thanks. I have come to give you praise. I have come to exalt your holy name. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. Lord, we give you him. We give you thanks. Yahweh, Lord, we give you thanks. We exalt you, our Father. The El Elyon God, the Most High God. I give you praise, Jehovah Nisi, God, our banner. Thank you, Lord. Jehovah Roy, the God that sees so many things. The El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the All-Sufficient God. I don't know about you. I don't know. These are the different names of God in the Bible. I don't know how God has been to you. I want you to begin to say, God, you are Jehovah, my protector. If he has protected you, I just want you to begin to give God that particular name. If he has fought your battle, you can tell him Jehovah uh, El Warrior or any name uh, that he has been to you. 
if he has fought your battle, you can call him Jehovah El Warrior or any name. It depends on your encounter with him. Just give him that name. Just say, God, Jehovah, my assurance. If that is what God is to you, Jehovah El Assurance. I don't know what God is to you. Just begin to say it. Jehovah, my Savior. Jehovah, my Lord. My provider, El Shaddai. If God has not left you stranded, say Jehovah, my provider. Say, God, thank you. Thank you for your mercy, for your faithfulness. If God has healed you, it's Jehovah Rapha to you. Say, God, I thank you, my Jehovah Rapha. God, I thank you, Jehovah Rapha, for healing me. I, I give you praise, Lord. If he, had the all, if he has been the all-sufficient God, the almighty God is Jehovah El Shaddai. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Call his name according to the encounter that you have had with him. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise, Lord. I have come to just say thank you, Jesus. I have not come to ask for anything. I have just come to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for strength. Oh. I wanted to say to him, let every other name fade away because God, there is only you in this place tonight. You're the center of my attention. Shalom, 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 shalom. I wanted to just worship him tonight. Let everyone shalom, evening, people of God. Shalom, evening, everybody. Shalom evening, people of God. I believe you are all doing well. I believe everyone is doing well. Wow, we give God all the praise. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well. I'm also doing well by the special grace of God. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong for praying for me and standing with me at all times in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Jerry, God bless you. My wife, Lady Esmel, God bless you, woman of God. Lady Pastor Becklin, God bless you. Papa Rosie, God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I want to welcome all of you to this evening session of the prophetic training. I believe strongly that the Lord has a beautiful, a very beautiful word for us to understand. And I know definitely that we are going to be blessed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We are still talking about the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And the gracious Lord is going to help us. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Alright, let's take a word of prayer. Ancient of days, eternal one. We give you all the praise and the glory. Thank you for another wonderful day that you have gifted your children with. We have come before your everlasting throne, even to know of thee. We have come to glean truths, even from your kingdom, and even from the verities of the heavens. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray 
that you show us mercy and grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. For your word has already said, Man can do nothing except it is given unto him from above. We pray, O Lord, that the heavenly portals will be opened even unto us. Let there be an outpouring of the Spirit of truth upon us this very evening. Open our eyes even to understand your word. The other time, David made a prayer and he said, Open the eyes of my understanding that I might behold wondrous works even in your word. This is our prayer. Lord, grant us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation that we might know even what Christ actually is, that your name alone will be glorified. We know your word is already anointed. Therefore, let your word come forth with power. Let it impart grace even into the heart of your listeners in the name of Jesus. Anything that will try to sabotage the manifestation of your word, whether it is a perception we have about you, whether it is a certain notion we have about you, whether it is the traditions we have believed from our forefathers, anything that will try to be a limitation even to the flow of your word. Have mercy upon us and clear it off our way that we shall become permanent and pure expression even of your divine nature that your name alone will be glorified. We thank you even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. All right, I want to thank God once again for your lives. Um, it's always an exciting moment when I realize that everybody is doing well. This actually is the purpose of God for a glorious church, that we all will be strong even in Him. And I pray anything that is trying to contend with your strength, with your health, let God disgrace it by His word in the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord said, Because thou hast heard the truth, thou hast been sanctified. There is a sanctification power even in the word of God. And the other day, the word of the Lord said, He sent forth his word to heal their diseases. There is the healing power even in the word of God. I don't know that kind of sickness that is upon you. And I don't know the kind of notion the enemy has placed upon you that you are not sanctified. By the time we complete even the swimming in the waters of God's word, you shall be declared sanctified in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright, God bless you and keep all of you strong in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright, so by the special grace of God, um, the Lord enabled us and granted us grace, he granted us his glorious grace to start um, decoding some few truths even about his kingdom and the Lord has actually helped us with a lot of understanding and this evening is not an exception he's going to help us, he's going to open our eyes even to behold wonderful things in his word, hallelujah alright, and as um, I taught us earlier I made us to understand that basically there are 12 main mysteries of the kingdom of God. Twelve main mysteries of the kingdom of God. 
Now, when you look at the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, When you read from verse 10 downwards, now, Jesus and the disciples were there. And anytime Jesus is among the multitudes, he will speak in parables. Now, anytime Jesus wants to speak in parables, he switches his language from Hebrew to a language called Aramaic. And Aramaic is an ancient language that is much more weightier than the Hebrew. When I say weightier, it is like the typical Hebrew that even most of um, the modern Hebrew people find it very difficult to understand. And Jesus normally used that language to speak in parables. So a time came, there, Jesus was with the disciples among the multitudes and he spoke in parables. Then whilst they left the multitudes, to a solitary place the disciples went to him and when they went to him they asked a question the bible said from verse 10 matthew chapter 13 the bible said his disciples came and asked him why do you use parables when you talk to the people he replied you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but others are not to those who listen to my teaching more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge but for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them hmm. so you see jesus is now telling us the reason why he speaks in parables even to the multitudes but when he meets the disciples alone he will actually speak to them in clear languages that they would have understanding and the disciple asked, disciples asked him why do you do that and he said as for you my disciples it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given it is given unto you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of god but to these people it is not given now we are now understanding what the mysteries of the kingdom actually is are you following good so now jesus has actually declared that there is something called mysteries of the kingdom now this kingdom is where is actually the kingdom he, he jesus rules over as the king which we are all part and how did we become part of the kingdom the book of john chapter 3 verse 3 downwards the word of the lord told us that except a man except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god so we became born again before we actually became part of the kingdom so we are now citizens of the kingdom of god and based on my previous teachings we have all understood what the kingdom of god is and how we all entered into the kingdom now there is what we call the kingdoms of this world 
So long as your mother is an Ashanti woman and she gives birth to you, you are part of the Ashendom. Are you with me? Good. So now, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, you have to be born again. And if it is about being born, then definitely there must be a father and a mother that will conceive you to be born into that kingdom. Are you following? And this mother and father actually is what the Lord Jesus made us to understand. In the book of John chapter 3 verse 5, he said, the Bible said, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Then verse 6, he said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, Jesus is telling us the two entities that gave birth to us, the mother and the father. Are you following? The mother and the father. Now, to us, he is actually telling us that two dimensions gave birth to us before we entered into the kingdom. Now, the first dimension, he called it water. And the second dimension, he calls it the spirit. So now, we have been born of water and of the spirit. Are you following? Great. May the Lord help us. Good. Now, the water actually stands for the word of God. The water stands for the word of God. And the spirit actually is standing for the spirit of God, which we all know. And I'm going to take my time and explain it as we talk about the first mystery of the kingdom of God. Are you all following? Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me, please? Great. Good. So follow me. Now, according to the book of John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5, two entities gave birth to us before we could become kingdom citizens of God. The same way you needed a father and a mother to become a a citizen of a kind of kingdom that your parents have. Are you following? Good. So now Jesus is telling us that except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter 
into the kingdom of God. And I said, the water is, stands for the word of God. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 26. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 26, the word of the Lord said, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Are you getting it? So now, the word of God, that the waters that we are going to be born by is actually the word of God according to the scripture. I don't know if you are all getting it. Are you all getting it? Good. So the water stands for the word of God and the spirit stands for the spirit of God. Now we have understood from the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26. When we read from verse 25, he said, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. And if you do so, Ephesians 5 verse 25. He said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So now we have understood that the word of God is the waters. When we read the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 listen to what peter also said peter said being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of god which liveth and abideth forever so we have been born again not of the corruptible seed of our mother and father but we have been born of an incorruptible seed which is the, the word of God. So the word of good, the message says, your new life is not your old life. What old life is that? The life that can be traced to your mother and father. He said, your old birth came from mortal sperm. Mm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. What a, what a translation. A life conceived by God himself. Are you all following? Good. So you see, he said, now when you look from the message Bible, he's actually comparing something here. He said, your old life came from mortal Spain, but your new life is from God's living word. What does he mean? It means that the word is standing in correspondence to the Spain. Are you getting the picture? 
are you I, I, don't, I don't know if you are all following is the sound okay is the network fine good good i don't want anybody to miss it so you your born again experience it was god's word and the spirit of god that gave that to you and the word of god is the spam of god so the first one he said when you your old birth you were born by a mortal spam if there is a mortal spam then there is an immortal spam and the immortal spam is known as the word of god so now peter is telling us that we were not born by a corruptible seed which actually is speaking of the mortal spam but we have been born by an incorruptible an immortal seed which is the word of god now understand also it does not only take the way the sperm for a, a new life to be born it takes the sperm and the eggs that is why it takes the word of god and the spirit of god for a new life in god to be born are you following good you need to understand these are basic things you need to know about your salvation so when we say that you are born again what actually does it mean you need to when you say, oh are you born again yes how did you get born again you need to know these things no wonder um nicodemus was asking jesus ah can i go and enter into my mother's womb again for me to be born again i don't understand and jesus said you don't know if the word of god and the spirit of god do not give birth to you you can't enter into god's kingdom so this is actually our born again experience that is why if you are born again by the word and the spirit of god you need to follow the word and the spirit i don't know if you are getting the picture so our family life hmm, the same way your mother and your father will be in the house and they will teach you how to speak how to do this how to do this for you to grow they feed you and all those kind of things the word and the spirit of god must groom you they are the realm of your abode you are not supposed to live life outside the word of god and the spirit of god else you are going back to the old life and it is the life of death it is called mortality corruptible life are you following good so put this at the back of your mind i think one of these i need to talk about born again born again there's a it's a beautiful experience i'm telling you no wonder when one person gets born again go to heaven and see the rejoicing among the angels and why do these angels rejoice for the born again of one man why there are deeper secrets in that the lord will be of help to us in the mighty name of the lord jesus so now we have been born again by the word of god and by the spirit of god into the kingdom of god so we are in the kingdom and jesus is telling us this kingdom that you have entered 
through your born again experience. There are mysteries. So there are mysteries in this kingdom. The person that is not born again will not understand. Even if I speak it in plain language, they will start beating me. Let me just give you an example. Jesus will make a statement, I think in the book of John chapter 6 verse 64 or so. Let me check if that is the scripture. Okay, let me, let me give you the scripture where Jesus talks about eating of his flesh. And the drinking of his blood. John chapter 6 verse 54. John chapter 6 verse 54. Can you all hear me please? John chapter 6 verse 54. John 6 verse 54. Listen to what Jesus Jesus said. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. Now, if you say this to a lame man, someone that is not in the kingdom, the person will begin to, what, what are you talking about? You think we are vampires? What, what, what do you take us for? That we should eat your flesh and drink your blood? Are we witches? What are you telling us? Are, are you getting it? They will not understand. In fact, the time came, they said, when Jesus said, they said, Kai, is this? Some, some of these, when, when people tell you these things, some of you will go, you know, like, mm, yeah, what is he talking about? How can you eat human flesh and drink human blood? Mm, this is so disgusting. They'll be there and be fooling. <laughs> Amen. But to us that are in the kingdom, we understand because it is given unto us to know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Are you following? So we understand that when Jesus tells us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, it does not mean we are vampires, we should, we should hold his hand and begin to bite. We are not zombies. Are you following? Good. That is why people that are not part of us, those that are not born of the Spirit, they just don't understand spiritual things. And these spiritual things are secrets in our kingdom. It is given to those that have been born again. Now, the first mystery that every believer that has become born again in Christ must understand is known as the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I believe you can all hear me. 
good. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Now, the Bible said, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Okay, the message said, The Christian life is a great mystery, far exceeding our understanding. But some things are clear enough. He appeared in a human body, was proved right by this invisible spirit, was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among all kinds of people, believed in all over the world taken up into heavenly glory. Now, he's telling us what the mystery of godliness is. Are you following? Now, good. So now, In the explanation of the mystery of when we ask you what is the mystery of godliness, he's now explaining it to us. He said, Great is the mystery of godliness. Then he started, he started explaining. God was manifest in the flesh. That is the first point. So, just the mystery of godliness alone, there are certain points you need to understand. The first point is that God was manifest in the flesh. It means God came in a human form. The second point is that he was justified by the Spirit. So when God was manifested in the human form, he was then justified by the Spirit. Then the Bible said, angels saw him. (laughs) Angels saw him. Then another point was that he was preached unto the Gentiles. Then he was believed on in the world. It means some people of the world, some of the people in the world believed in him. Then the last point was that he was received up into glory. Now, these are things you need to know if only you want to understand the mystery of godliness. Now, the first point I want all of us to understand is God was made flesh. And I think that will be enough for today because it is a whole lot. The gracious Lord will be of help to us. God was manifest in the flesh, in human form. In human form. May the gracious Lord be of help to us. Now, can I take you somewhere? Can we dive small? Good. Let's come to the book of John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. And let's listen to what from, from verse 1 downwards. 
let's listen to what john is telling us let's take it one by one don't 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 rush if you want to understand god's word you don't rush you take it as it is gradually one by one now listen to what john is telling us he said in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god wait let's understand the word in the beginning was the word that way that was in the beginning the word was with god and now the word was the god that it was with <laughs> i don't know if you are getting the picture are you following let's just understand the verse one in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god now let's let's start talking about this one if you don't understand this you will not understand the mystery of godliness and you will not know the office of the lord jesus christ you will not know jesus and today the lord will help us we will talk about jesus who he was and who he is now and we will know whether we are we are serving him well or not amen are you following great good now the bible said in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god now let us if you want to understand much more of this you have to go and download my message the mystery god the mystery not the mystery of god the mystery god i i the lord helped me so i broke a lot of things down for us to understand now this is god i'm taking you to a certain height so follow me don't let anybody take your your focus from what i'm saying god when we read the book of genesis chapter 1 verse 1 the bible said in the beginning god in the beginning god in the beginning god created now that god over there is actually speaking of the creator because it was him that created so in other versions it will look it will read like in the beginning the creator created the heavens and the earth so the word god in the book of genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is the word creator now when you look at the exact hebrew word it is the word elohim 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 now i've also told us that anytime there is a hebrew word or letter hebrew word that ends with i am like elohim i am it means that word is a plural word and we all know singular and plural are you following like cherubim 
seraphim it actually speaks of plurality so they are plenty not only one just as in english sometimes we can add s to some word boys girls to mean that they are they are more than one it is the same as in hebrew when there is any word that ends with i am it is speaking of the plurality of that word so now if you look at this scripture genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning elohim created the heavens and the earth and if that word elohim speaks of the plurality then it is it looks like it is not one entity that created the world i mean if you are getting the picture Are you getting the picture? Good. So if Elohim is speaking of plurality, then the question is, what consists of the Elohim? What at all is the Elohim? Because the word of the Lord has already told us that our God is one. So what at all is the Elohim? Now, when you look at the word, the oneness of God, the word one in Hebrew is the word Ekat, which means unity. Unity. And anytime you hear the word unity, it is actually talking about the combination of certain parts into one. Are you getting the picture? I want to know if you are following it so that we can move forward very fast because we have a lot to talk about and we need to basically understand something because many of us we have been saved for like 10 years 15 years we still don't know why we were saved and we just don't know any because our pastors are always telling us that your breakthrough is coming somebody shall yes it is good but that is not what the life of a believer is all about you have been shouting, yes, uh, you need to understand certain things. <laughs> Amen. Good. So we are talking about the mystery of godliness. And the first point in the mystery of godliness is that God was manifested in the flesh. He came in human form. Now, let us understand how God came in human form. Now we are now coming to a point of understanding in the creation of God. Now before God created the world, understand that God was all things. God was many things before he became the creator. So if God had not created the world as in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, he would still have been God. The name God is not the name of God. I believe you are getting it. So God is not the name of God. God is just an, um, is a terminology. That is why even you, the Bible said, ye are gods. Don't know you know that all of you are gods and all of you are the sons of the Most High. So we are gods. There are gods also. And God is God. 
it is just an um let me say an acronym which we will, if you go and listen to my message on the mystery god you will understand are you following now so god before god started creation god had to do certain things in himself before he could become a creator and what god did in himself was that he stretched himself into three dimensions listen to this carefully and these three dimensions he called one part of the dimension the father he called another part the word and he called another part the spirit follow me carefully all these things happened before god created the world if god had not stretched himself into these dimensions he couldn't he wouldn't have become a creator he would have been many dimensions he would have been many things but not a creator and it is in this that you understand why god created the universe when we say god created the universe for his pleasure and glory these are the two main reasons for which god created the universe he created it for his pleasure and for his glory now that word for his pleasure and for his glory will now tell you the reason the motive behind his creation are you with me so i'm going to tell you something the gracious lord will help us in the mighty name of the lord jesus amen now in the book of colossians chapter 1 In the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Follow me carefully. If you don't get this one, uh, you miss a lot of things. You will not understand this whole God came in the flesh and all the Many of us, we see it, but we don't understand it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Listen to this carefully. He said, For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Hmm. He said, the message says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. I love that. Everything God started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. Hmm. Are you following? Now, this one is speaking of a, a, a particular entity. When we read from the King James Version, you will get this. He said, 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now, this is actually, this verse alone you can pick the purpose of creation. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. From this verse alone, you can pick the purpose of creation. We understood that God created things for his glory and his pleasure. When we say pleasure, we are talking of what pleases God. Hmm? What pleases God? Then also, the glory. He made all things to, just for his glory. So now, if we understand the pleasure and the glory of God, then we will know. <laughs> I don't know if you are all getting what I'm saying. Okay, let's let's take it from this point. So I created a pen. Mm-hmm. And the main reason why I created the pen was that the pen will be for my glory. But this glory thing that the pen will be for is another dimension of me. I don't know if you're getting it. So that dimension of me is the reason why I am creating. And because it is the reason why I am creating, I used him to create. I don't know if you are getting it. <laughs> Let's relax. Let's relax. I don't want me to say me can't remember me bring my music. Now I might not. I will not be a good teacher if I do that. I can't. I can't preach this. I have to teach it and break it down for you to understand. Because some of you. It is after today that we are going to really understand Christianity proper. Are you with me? Hey, don't sleep. Can you all hear me? Good. Don't put the phone somewhere and be doing your own thing. Man of God. So what is godliness? What is the mystery of godliness? I will bite your ears in the spirit. <laughs> Good. So put this at the back of your mind. Learn this. It will help you. Now, God said he made all things for his glory. And this glory, when we speak of glory, the word glory actually speaks of a manifestation. The the brightness, the manifestation. Let me break it down so that you all understand. I don't want to go ahead of myself. Now listen, let me take it from this point. I don't want to confuse you plenty. Now, 
God is in a dimension above creation. So creation is just a dot in God. God purposed in himself to create. And he made a plan that the creation he's going to he's going to um, embark on it will be for his glory that means everything that god is going to create will manifest god because the glory of god is the manifestation of god if god can't be manifested he can't be glorified are you following me Because the glory of God is the revealing, the revelation, the apocalypse, the phanerosis of God. That is to tell you that where God is, the dimension where God is, if he does not manifest or reveal himself, no one will know him. Not even creation. Nothing will know God. So he's actually manifesting himself in a way so that that which he is about to create will know him and in the revelation and the knowledge of him they will now manifest god so everything that god has created has a certain dimension in itself to manifest god and that dimension is glory so whatever god has created glorifies god with its own glory everything has a level of glory in itself that it glorifies god with when we say glorifying god it means revealing or manifesting the true nature and the essence of god so when the bible speaks of god manifesting in the flesh it is actually speaking of the glory of god being revealed i don't know if you're all getting the picture Are you all getting it? Good. So now, let's start from this point. So when God stretched himself into three dimensions for creation's sake, he called one part of himself the Father, another part of himself the Word, and another part of himself the Spirit. Now, and he said he made the father become the administrative head among all the three dimensions of himself we are not speaking of god in three persons as in what many of us have been told that when you go to heaven you see god the father here god the god the son that's not what i'm talking about we are talking about god as one stretching himself in three dimensions for the sake of creation and for the sake of his purpose for creation so it was because of creation that god made himself the dimension that we call trinity are you following so in the creation of god there is what the father does there is what the word does and there is what the spirit does 
Are you following? Good. Now, let me show you how God created things. In the book of Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. Now, there is God who has stretched himself into three dimensions. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. So, he's, the three dimensions are about to start creation. Now, this is how they are going to start it. Everything that was created started from this point. This is how they all started. Isaiah chapter 34 verse 16. So now, the Father is the administrative. There is no difference between the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. For the sake of creation and the purpose of God's sake, God made it so. Made the Father the administrative head. Then, the word will also have his role to play, then the spirit. Now, listen to what the Bible said. The word of the Lord said in Isaiah 34, verse 16 Search the book of the Lord and see what he will do. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing, and none will lack a meat. For the Lord has promised this. He, his spirit makes it all come true. Now, when we read from the King James Version, it makes it very clear. He said, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read, No one of these shall fail, none shall want her mate. Listen, he said, For my mouth it has commanded, and his spirit it has guarded them. Look at ah, listen to what the message said. Message said, get and read God's book. None of this is going away. His his breeding, brooding, this breeding, brooding evil. God has personally commanded it all. His spirit set it in motion. I don't know if you are getting the picture. So now the father will speak the word, then the spirit will brood over the word. And cause it to hatch like an egg. I don't know if you are getting the picture. So the father spoke. But what the father spoke was the word. And when the word was declared. The spirit covered the word. And hatched it into what we see. And what we do not see as creation. I don't know if still you are getting it. Where I'm taking you might look very, you know, heavy, but at least relax and understand it. This is how creation started. Did you all get it or I should take it again? Okay, okay, let me take it again. Are you all following? Good. Now listen. God is about to become a creator. He's about to create things. So 
in that dimension nothing was existing there was nothing like existence so god is about to start creation but this creation that god is about to start he is creating all these things for his glory for his glory i don't want to go there you get confused later i will come to that side now so god has a purpose for creation but this is how he's created it he himself stretched himself into three just as you you have been stretched into spirit soul and body but you don't see them distinct i don't know like distinctly on each side i don't know if you're getting what i'm saying so you you have been stretched into body soul and spirit the same way god has been stretched he stretched himself into the father the word and the spirit so if you are walking like that your soul and your spirit are part of you that is how god is so when i enter your house i will see only you sitting in your chair your soul is there your spirit is also there that is how god is so when you go to heaven you can see god sitting on the throne he is the same word he is the same holy spirit and he is the same father so there are times you can go to heaven and see the lord jesus sitting on the throne as he is now that is the father and that is the spirit at the same time the moment god will show you the dimension of the father sitting on the throne that is also the word and the spirit at the same time i don't forget any if you don't understand these things you will never understand the um, the incarnation of god you know it is very difficult for human understanding to fathom this and there are many christians they still have a problem with this one many even pastors many pastors don't understand what they, they call trinity they just don't get it Are you following? I want all of you to get it. So that's why I said this one. This one alone will take more time to get it. Understand that the mystery of godliness we are talking about, there are about five points in it. We are only talking about the first point. And still many of us are struggling to understand. <laughs> so relax and get it so that we can move to the rest. Else, see you see here in the end point. Okay, let me not, um, let me ask you this. What is the difference between Jesus and God? What is the difference between Jesus and God? Who is helping us? What is the difference between Jesus and God?
somebody said god is the father and jesus is the son explain what does he mean what does he mean for jesus to be the a son of god what does he mean I love the way the answers are coming. <laughs> okay. Many people, I love, I love the answer. Somebody, hey, somebody said Jesus is an angel in the presence. This one will confuse a lot of people. You might have the understanding. But don't 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 say it publicly before many people they will get confused. <laughs> okay, somebody said a dimension of God but in the flesh. Okay, okay, the part of God manifested in flesh. So the part of God manifested in flesh is Jesus. Do we all believe that? Do you all believe that? Good. If you believe that. Now, when you go to heaven, hmm, in its pure state, right now as I'm talking to you, if you are captured into heaven, who will you see on the throne? Like basically, if you are taken to heaven, who will you see sitting on the throne? Okay, somebody said God. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen that many of you are still getting confused now? Okay, I guess it's Jesus. Like somebody said, you probably see a figure of light like a man. Okay. Said the glory of the Father. He said, because Stephen saw two people. Really? Stephen did not see two people. Though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah school of the way. Where are the sons of God? I said, when you go to heaven, according to the pattern of scripture and everything that we have read about in the scripture, if you are taken to heaven from the pattern of scripture to heaven, to the throne of God, who will you see sitting on the throne? Now put this on the back of your mind. 
In fact, I said something right now, and I'm saying it again. Okay, so Jerry said, Papa, please, what about this? But he, be, he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, listen. You see, this, this one is just a scriptural play that you need to understand when we say the glory of god what is what is the glory of god what is the glory of god oh i just made mention of it what is the glory of god No answer. The manifestation of God. Good. Now, when God manifested, how did He manifest? You see, there are so many manifestations of God, and I'm going to talk about it. So many manifestations of God. Now, there is God manifesting in the flesh. And I've already told us. That even you, as you are here right now, you are a manifestation of God. All the heavenly beings are manifesting God. They are showing forth God's glory. I don't know if you are getting it. That is what you need to understand. So basically, you have to understand what the glory of God actually means. It is the manifestation of God. Now, according to scripture, there is only one entity that God actually spoke. The word of the Lord said, He is the express image of His glory. The express image of His glory. The express image of God's glory in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Don't confuse yourself. Don't confuse yourself. You see, <laughs> may the Lord help his, his church. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he had appointed heir of all things. Look at this. By whom also he made the wells. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding, you see, now, this, this scripture is telling us about the Son of God. And he said, he is the express image of God's glory. So now, when we talk about God's glory, if you want to know the fullness of the glory of God, look at the Son. 
Are you following? Look at the sun. The sun is the clear manifestation of the glory of God. And it's the fullness of God's glory. That is why the Bible said, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw, we, we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. I don't want to run faster, but I needed to handle this one clearly so that we all will understand. Are you following? So there is no difference between the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory of God. I'm going to teach you a slight thing that looks like it's a different thing, but it's not. I will teach you very soon. Now, now, let's let's take this. When you go to heaven, are you all following? Good. When you go to heaven, there are many things you need to understand. When most of these things, it will, it will be very expedient for you to understand through encounters. Else, sometimes, no matter how you are taught, you still have questions. But listen to me. Listen to me. We all know what the word of the Lord said. Unto us a child is born. I think the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 or so. Unto us a child is born and a son is given. A child is born and a son is given. A child is born and a son is given. Now, this scripture is actually telling us of two dimensions. Can't you see that? A child is born and a son is given. Can't you see that? So you can see the one that was born and the one that was given. The question is, which one was born and which one was given? The one that was born is called a child. But the one that was given is called a son. Now, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you following now, a time came, the word of the Lord said, Jesus gathered the disciples. And when he gathered the disciples, he started asking them questions. Listen to this. This is Jesus. When he was born, they named him Jesus. Everybody knows him to be Jesus. Because he was born. Now, he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, some say you are Elijah, some say you are Isaiah, 
Then he said, Okay, you, my disciples, who do you say that I am? When the Bible said, the place became quiet, and immediately Peter said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. He said, Listen to this. He said, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Are you following? Now, the moment he said that, Jesus said, and Jesus answered unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. So it is only the Father that can give you a revelation of the Son. And when we speak of the Son of God, it actually means God manifesting in the flesh. And how is God manifesting in the flesh? When the word of God becomes flesh. Because Jesus, follow me carefully. Jesus, when he was with the Father, before he came to the earth, in the fullness of time, he was not the Son of God. He was the Word of God. So the Son of God is when the Word has transcended from the realms of the heavens into the flesh. And the moment the Word becomes flesh, He is now called the Son. Put this at the back of your mind. Now, Follow me. I'm about to show you something else. So when you go to heaven, that is what God is now telling us. He's trying to break it down. Do you know that there was a slight difference? Slight, I mean slight. I don't want to confuse anybody. That's why I'm saying slight. A slight difference between Jesus and the Christ. Were the disciples not calling him Jesus? Didn't they know that he was Jesus? Everybody was calling him Jesus. But still he asked them, who do this? Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So everybody knew him as the child that was born by Mary, Jesus. But nobody knew him as the Christ, the son of the living God that was given according to John chapter 3 verse 16. Are you following? And I'm about to show you something. I'm about to show you the slight difference between Jesus and Christ. And right now, as I'm talking, there is no difference between Jesus and Christ. There is no difference between Jesus and Christ. Now, when Stephen saw this vision, what he was actually seeing was that there was that was the period where the Lord Jesus was about to be enthroned. He was about to be enthroned and it was that period that they named 
that is above all names were given to him. So let me break it down gradually for you to understand. Now, listen to this. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I'm trying to take you slow so that you will not get confused. So Christ was the son that was given. And Jesus was the child that was born. Are you getting it? So a woman conceived Jesus by the Spirit. And the woman gave birth to Jesus. But Christ was given by God. And this Christ actually is the glory of God. Christ is the glory of God. Christ is the express image of God's glory. Now, this glory had to be made manifest in the flesh. And for that to happen, there must be a body through which that Christ would manifest. So even the Lord Jesus, his body was not like a normal human body. When we read the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, the word of the Lord said, God prepared a special body for Christ. And that body was called Jesus. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5. He said, that is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You have given me a body. Now, who is speaking here? Christ. That is what is meant by this prophecy. Put in the mouth of Christ. You don't want sacrifices and offerings year after year. You have prepared a body for me for a sacrifice. So when Christ was coming from the heavens, God had already prepared a body for Christ to come and dwell within. I don't know if you are getting it. And Christ, the word Christos actually means the anointed one. <laughs> The anointed one. And now, when you check, the word anointing is actually coming from a dimension of the spirit. I don't know if you are getting it. Because it is in the Holy Spirit that we get the anointing. So when we are actually speaking of Christ, we are speaking of a dimension of the Holy Ghost. Don't get it twisted. When we read from Isaiah 34 verse 16, the word of the Lord said, When the Father declares the word, the Spirit will gather. And the word gather means to brood upon. Just as 
a hen will lay egg and brood on that egg till it hatches into a new chicken. That is what happens. Yes, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. No wonder it was the Holy Ghost that came to overshadow Mary for Jesus to be born. So, whilst the Holy Ghost was overshadowing Mary, a body was being prepared in the womb of Mary. Now, under normal circumstances, a body, when your body is being formed in your mother's womb, it must be as a result of your father's sperm and your mother's ovaries fusing together. But this time around, the Holy Ghost came to overshadow Mary's womb. And prepared a particular body. So that body was different from every human body. He was not carrying the blood of normal human beings. So Jesus Christ spoke and said, When I was coming to the earth, this is Christ speaking. And who is Christ? The Son of the Living God. Matthew 16, verse 16. Peter caught that revelation. He said, Thou art the Christ. Or can Jesus again? Because, oh, Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. Is that not so? But he said, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That is the part that people did not know. And that was the assignment of Jesus. So, this body that God prepared for Jesus, this body that God prepared for Christ, it was actually Jesus. That was about to allow the manifestation of the glory of God, which is Christ, into the earth. I don't know if you are all getting it. Yeah. So if Jesus is standing here, there is someone in Jesus. And that one in Jesus is called Christ. Jesus was born by Mary, but Christ was given by God. So anytime Jesus goes to a place, Christ will be revealed. Christ will be manifested. Amazing. I love that scripture. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. So you see, God actually looked among the Godhead, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And he chose that one part of him should manifest all the three dimensions. He chose the one part of him to manifest. So, Christ that was coming to the earth to enter into Jesus was actually a, a compound of the Godhead. So, Jesus Christ <laughs> was actually a manifestation of the Father, of the Word, and of the Spirit at the same time. in the picture we need to get these things amen as for the mystery of godliness we need time god bless you Awaiting Bride Ministries. God bless you. The number is 0240312551. My son, Dr. Prince, you can post it here. God bless you. Exactly. So Jesus said, 
We all know John 10 30. I and my father are one. Don't add a one, a one, a one, a one. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> John 10 30. Are you following? So now listen to me. Let me break it down gradually for you to understand. Okay? Good. I'm about to give you a certain scripture that will help you. Now, can I can I ask a question? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Hmm? The Holy Ghost is He the Spirit of the Father or the Spirit of the Son? Somebody said both. Okay. This is where I'm about to say something that some of you will not sleep today. <laughs> now let's read something from the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 6. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Listen to me. And he said, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out our Father. Look at this. You remember that when Jesus breathed his last breath, the Bible said he gave up the ghost. Now, when he arose from the dead, he said to the disciples, Let me go and speak to the Father so that he will send you another comforter now when he spoke to the father the comforter that came now he's telling us okay there is it and then matthew 2 papa which one you can let me know listen to this good i'm about to break things down for you to understand good i'm about to break things down for you to understand this eh? These are many things we need to be a child of God. There is what we call, that is why I said, the Holy Ghost that God has given to us manifests in dimensions. Listen to this. So God has sent the spirit of his son into us. Why is the spirit called the spirit of, of the son of God? Look at this. Romans 8.14 also says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now, anytime the word of the Lord makes mention of God, it actually speaks of the Father. Anytime the word of the Lord makes mention of God directly, it actually speaks of the Father. Are you following? Good. 
So now, we have the spirit of the Father. The spirit of the Father has what it does. It is raising sons. And the spirit of the Son also comes into us to let us declare our sonship. So in our walk with God, there is a point where the Holy Spirit manifests as the spirit of the Father and there is a point where he manifests as the spirit of the Son. The same Holy Spirit. But even this same Holy Spirit, listen to this carefully. I'm about to say something. The word of the Lord said, when we got born again, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 22. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 22. Let's read this. Now the Bible said, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. The first installment, listen to this, the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. What is an installment? By his Spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge. A sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Look, I love this. A sure beginning. So the Holy Ghost that you have is a beginning of something that God wants to complete. So the Holy Ghost you have is just a down payment according to this scripture. It's not all that there is when it comes to the Spirit of God. I don't know if you are getting it. <laughs> Say so we will understand. Relax, relax. You don't need to understand it later. You have to understand it now. Are you following? Are you all with me? Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me, please? Good. Now, the Holy Spirit that we have, that the Lord has sent to us, 
The Bible calls him the beginning. The beginning of what God has destined to complete. So he is a seal. Are you following? That one is to let you know. Um, let me just put this at the back of your mind. Listen. Do you know when man, man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we fell from a certain dimension of glory. So we're a glorious body. Now we have become a human body. Are you following? We're glorious beings. We have become human beings. So God has started an agenda to bring us back to the glorious beings. So that assignment, even though man was made a glorious being, he still had a life to live. That means the life that man had to live from the garden as a glorious being was the dimension of life God actually prepared. But now, we have, we have been reduced to a certain lower dimension. So the assignment that God is achieving now is that he's bringing us into the dimension of the glorious being that we used to be. When we hit that dimension, we still have another higher life to live. So this, the dimension of God that is bringing us into the dimension of the glorious being we used to be is the Holy Ghost that we have been sealed with right now. When we now become that glorious body that the Lord prepared us to be, another dimension of God's Holy Spirit will take charge. Because the one we have now is just the beginning of what God has planned to complete. I don't know if you are getting it. It's the down payment. It's the installment. The earnest. It's a seal. And the seal is actually a seal of sonship. I'm telling you. So once we become glorious bodies, because the Holy Ghost is in you to quicken your mortal bodies. And when he quickens your mortal bodies, this mortal body will be changed to become an immortal body. That immortal body is the glorious body we were in the Garden of Eden. So that is the assignment of the Holy Ghost now. He is quickening our mortal bodies, changing this body into the glorious body. Then once that is achieved, we enter into a dimension of reigning with Christ. And that dimension of we reigning with Christ... A different dimension of God, which is the full payment to take charge. I don't know if you are getting it. So if you are prophesying now, it is nothing. <laughs> it is just a, a small dimension of God. If you are raising the dead, it is just a small dimension of God. There is a dimension where we get to. We don't need to raise the dead. We, we are reigning as kings. May the Lord help us and grant us understanding. I think this is just going to be the part one of the mystery of godliness. I will make time and help us with the part two. In fact, the message I wanted to, to teach, we couldn't get there. Because many of us are struggling to grasp the concept of um, the triune dimension of God. But the Lord is going to be of help to us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. The Lord help us and keep all of us strong 
in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Small, small, by God's grace. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. Many of you don't study the scripture. That is why you are getting confused. You see, they will say something, it sounds something new in your mind. No, it's not, it's not supposed to be like that. Huh? The Lord is going to be of help to us in the mighty name of I believe somebody has been blessed this evening. Great. We give God all the praise. Nana Fosu, the Lord bless you and release strange grace for financial uplifting on your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Alright, so I'm going to upload the message right after here. So if you missed anything, you can just go back and soak it. The Lord is going to be of help to you. God bless you. And keep all of you strong. Let's meet this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT for priesthood time. The glorious God is going to be a great blessing to our destinies. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you. And keep all of you strong. Even in Jesus' precious mighty name. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240 Keep supporting God's work. The Lord is going to be a great blessing to you. God bless you. We shall meet this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT for priesthood time. Shalom. Bye-bye. I see the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven.